0: Hello One Church, something I've been thinking a lot about over the last 18 months is our call to participate in the Great Commission, that we have been sent by Jesus to make disciples. We all know it's the core business of the church and essentially frames everything else. It's not only about evangelism, disciple making involves teaching and equipping as well, but obviously it can't be done without evangelism. And historically the churches that commit to doing evangelism well generally grow and thrive over time and the ones that don't die let me put it to you like this what does a church need to do to become inwardly focused smaller in size and older in age nothing that will happen automatically but if we want to be outwardly focused to keep growing and to engage young people that will require substantial effort and intention. It simply will not happen otherwise. There are empty churches all over the city that are a testament to that. So the point of evangelism isn't to ensure that this or any church survives. The point of evangelism is to help people discover Jesus. The point of evangelism is that we live in a hurting and a broken world and Jesus really is the answer to their need. In fact, he's the only answer. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. Now we, our church, one, has seen some numerical growth this year, and I celebrate that. But where I would really love to see more growth is with new disciples, because people are coming to faith in Jesus. And this church has a really rich history of involvement in overseas mission, and that is an excellent thing. That will continue. That remains a priority for us. However, our own society has become a massive mission field. Perhaps it always has been, but we are much less of a culturally Christian nation than ever before. Meanwhile, the nations have come to us. Most people in Australia have not and never will step inside a church building, not even for weddings or funerals. So, though it may seem counterintuitive, this actually gives us an incredible opportunity to reach people for Jesus. Since most people in Australia now genuinely do not know anything about the gospel, and as the memory of a culturally Christian past recedes, there is a growing openness. And I encounter this all the time when I'm chatting with people, especially after they ask me what I do for a living. I don't experience defensiveness, but curiosity. Yeah, I've lost I've lost count how many times I've been asked, so what what is a pastor anyway? Or well, what does a church actually do? I know it feels like there is so much that stands against us, you know, culturally, politically, you know, not to mention the recent scandals in the church that have tarnished our reputation. Yes, there is much that stands against us. But historically that has always been when the church has truly become herself in the power of God and stepped most passionately and effectively into her calling, if she's willing to. So when things seem their darkest, the light of Jesus will always appear so much brighter. You know, in the secular stories, people have been putting their hope in, are failing them. Security, prosperity, stable government, a stable economy, the absence of war, personal fulfillment through either career or relationships or mindfulness or exploring alternative identities, the capacity of science or technology to fix the world or to fix us, none of that is working. And people know this, and they are starting to ask some really big questions. Some people are growing quite desperate and afraid. When the church stops griping about the world and stops judging the world and starts to feel heartbroken for the world, for our neighbors, for those who have no hope without Christ, and when we start to cry out to God about that, then we'll see God move powerfully. What an opportunity we have. We are surrounded by people who have never actually heard the good news. Yeah, and skepticism therefore is being replaced by a growing interest in the gospel of Jesus, which people are hungry to discover, even if they don't know it yet. So my prayer as I look ahead for the coming years is that this church will grow into a powerhouse of evangelism, discipleship, and mission. Now we can't manufacture that, but if we turn to the Lord in prayer and we plan for it, if we chart the course, we put some money behind it, we're intentional and we trust in the empowering help of the Holy Spirit, I believe it will not only be possible but probable that we will see God do something truly wonderful among us and through us. Again, not for the sake of the growth of this church, not because we want a big church, but because we are longing for the Lord to move in power. We are longing for Jesus to change people's lives. We are longing to see the gospel proclaimed effectively in our time. Now, we can't fix the world. We can't fix other people's lives. We can't even fix our own lives. So we need to stop trying to be better than we really are. Instead, we need to be humble, get right with God if we're not, and trust him because Jesus wants his church back. And when I was in the UK recently, I heard so many stories of God doing this all over the world. Yeah, particularly in post-Christian countries, countries once you know, largely indifferent to the gospel. that may have been Christian at one time, but have become indifferent to the gospel. That's changing, God is on the move. Churches, once empty, are thriving again. Young people are coming to faith. The gospel is changing, you know, once officially atheist, post-communist countries. And also in once strongly Catholic countries, the church is reviving again. I feel a great sense of hope for what God is doing and it's not flashy, it's not driven by big names or big churches or on big stages, but by faithful men and women like you and I who are committed to prayer and evangelism. So with that in mind, I am calling us, One Church, to a concerted season of prayer, ahead of our Alpha Course which starts on July the 18th. A month of fasting and prayer from the 18th of June to the 18th of July. That's starting this Sunday, 18th of June to the 18th of July, a month of prayer to lift up our family, friends, colleagues, neighbors, um, workmates who don't know Jesus, for opportunities and courage in the spirit to invite them to Alpha or simply to have a, a conversation about faith. For us to become a more loving and welcoming and hospitable community to those searching for the love and grace of Jesus. To have a heart for all people to come and know and follow Jesus. To be a people of prayer and a community of hope in a hurting world. And for our upcoming Alpha Course. For the leaders, for helpers and participants that it would be a welcoming, enjoyable and powerful time. So we're going to pray through these things in a number of contexts, when we gather for worship on Sundays, in our small groups, when you're at home, with your children, you know, in, in our various ministry areas, we'll send out regular reminders and encouragements uh, via social media and via text messages, and you'll be able to sign up for those. The Lectio 365 prayer devotional recently included this beautiful prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you that you so loved the world that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to save it to save us, to save me. May his mission become my all-consuming motivation. May his compassion move me beyond myself. And may his great commission be reignited in my soul today. Let's pray that together every day. And as we do, I encourage you to fast if you can. Now, it could just be for one meal or one day or some combination of those over the next 30 days. Fasting helps us to draw closer to God by reminding us that we do not live by bread alone and that we must trust in the power and provision of God for all that we have and all that we do. This posture of dependency is incredibly powerful. As James says in chapter 4, verses 6 to 10, that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, purify your hearts, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. So fasting helps us to step into that posture. We don't fast to twist God's arm, we fast to focus our hearts and minds. We fast to remind ourselves that God is our provider. And the Spirit responds to that with grace and power. As Jesus once said to his disciples, some challenges we face can only be addressed by much prayer and fasting and that's from Mark 9. On July the 16th, the final Sunday of this month of prayer, the Sunday before Alpha begins, we will be encouraging everyone to fast on that day, either for the whole day or just one meal and we will devote our church services to prayer. Prayer for all of us to draw closer to God, for renewed passion and power in disciple making and for us all to keep moving forward in his will over the next month we will pray we will prepare and we'll participate we'll pray for the holy spirit to help us and empower us as he did for the disciples on the day of pentecost and as he has continued to do throughout history we'll prepare that this season of prayer and fasting would prepare the way for god to do something new among us that he would send us together in his will and will participate. That if each, each of us would be open to asking God how we can get involved, how we can put our prayers into action, either through Alpha or some other avenue. So friends, I invite you to come on this journey with all of the rest of our church to cry out to God for our mission to be effective in this city, in our neighborhoods, in our homes, and in our workplaces. Come Holy Spirit. Thank you, friends, for listening, and there'll be more information to come. God bless.